Hey everyone, welcome to Spoiled, the spoiler cast at Sifted Games at Sifted.net. Now, fair warning before we get into this episode, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us Part 2, and it's going to be a no-holds-barred conversation. So if you have not finished it or you don't want to know anything about the game, this is your last warning. Going once, going twice. All right, it feels good to be able to talk about this game. Uh, and alongside me to talk about it, we have Matt Kyle, who literally just finished it. He is coming in hot. What's up, Matt? Hey, yeah, about 20 minutes ago. Like, credits barely finished rolling before I joined this call. I like that. A though. lot of credits. I like how we have Mitch finish it days ago. I finished <laughs> it like a day and a half, two days ago. And you got somebody who just is coming off it. I think that's actually perfect. Um, so also along to talk about it is Mitch Sikorsky. What's going on, Mitch? The first of the, the three of us to finish the game. Yeah, I mean, I've just been digging into mm. the internet because I can't talk about it. So like, what else can you yeah. do? Just go on the internet. Yeah. It's going to feel good. to the last of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's going to feel good to uh, discuss this game openly. It was re- that was one of the hardest discussions uh, we've ever had on Game Face, I think, as far as trying to dance around some of the plot points in this game because it's so hard to talk about them because they're so integral to what really makes this game so special. So this is a part of Sifted's brand new podcast feed called Sifted Radio. This is an audio only show. We highly recommend that you sign up for the podcast feed. Just click that podcast link or tap down at the bottom of the player. If you're on mobile, it will pretty much set up the feed automatically if you're on PC, copy the uh, URL, the web, the web address, not the, co- the code that appears on the page, and paste that URL into your podcast app, and you're good to go. And we'll be having Spoiled on here, Sifted HQ, all of our audio-only content. So check it out. And with that, with that, let's talk about The Last of Us Part Two with no tethers. Um, let's start first, now that we've all finished the story. Um, it's tough to even frame this because the, the story, the game is really split up into two parts. And again, I'm so glad we can talk about this now. So basically at the middle part of the game, there's a confrontation. Um, and then you start playing the game over fr- from the perspective of at least what at first what you believe to be the bad guy. So bad girl, should, bad girl. Yeah. So maybe we should give a quick, quick plot synopsis. Um, essentially, at the very beginning part of the game, uh, Joel is murdered by this group of people who used to be a part of the Fireflies, which was the group that was trying to find a cure to the pandemic. And of course, if you remember at the end of the first game, Joel storms in, basically kills everyone, uh, then takes Ellie before they can use her to find a cure, which would have killed her. Um, so this new girl, Abby, is actually the daughter of the doctor that Joel murdered. And she has been tracking him down ever since, trying to kill him. Now she's much older, much stronger. Holy cow. In the first game, mm-hmm. she was like a tween, a teen maybe. What, about 13 probably? Ellie? Yeah, she's 13. No, not Ellie. Abby in the uh, first game. I think, I think they're just polar opposites, oh, so I'm pretty game. sure they're well, around yeah, the same age. In the age. flashbacks, she's... she's older yeah probably like 15 i think abby's a little time. older so she'd probably be like 20 at the time of the game yeah like i think ellie's yeah. like 18 19 and she's probably 20 21 yep yeah so joel and ellie are living in this homestead essentially with a bunch of people they're living a pretty good life um and then abby Which we saw tra- the beginnings of in the first game yep absolutely Jackson. 
And then essentially what happens is Abby and the Fireflies track down Joel and murder him brutally in front of Ellie and let Ellie and Joel's brother go for the first time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And let them live. And then basically Ellie is set on revenge. She kills Joel. Um, So she wants to exact revenge on Abby and the ex-Fireflies. And off we go. And that's really what kind of sets the whole plot in motion. So you play up to that first half of the game as Ellie. And then there's a confrontation where, to me, I thought the game was going to end right there because it was kind of all built up to that point. But it doesn't. At that point, you then kind of start over from day one playing as Abby. And you play from that other perspective. So now, Matt, now that you've played the whole game, what did you think about my assessment about maybe it would have been better if it ended at that kind of convergent point uh could not possibly disagree more okay i mean i do think the game was too long like you're right about that but i think it was too long in the sense of gameplay um i got tired of doing the same thing over and over again as a story device uh having you play as abby is genius now Um, obviously the reason they did that is to build some sympathy for abby and kind of this is what i was getting at talking about the shades of gray is that You know, you think Abby is the bad guy for the first half of the game, and then you start playing as her, and then they start to show you that she's actually not a bad person. You start to become sympathetic Mm -hmm. towards the character. Now, see, my... Also, you have the advantage there that, like, she kind of becomes not a bad person over the course of the time you're playing. She does, Um, but see, I had already got that. As Mel says. Yeah. I had already got that, though, at that point where that confrontation happens. I had already figured out that Abby was actually the good guy and Ellie was the bad guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, they do a really good job of like pounding that home over the next 15 hours um, because just over and over again. And she shows mercy again, which I thought was pretty weird. Maybe we'll we'll wait to talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it basically does a flip flop. And what you think is a good guy becomes a bad guy to the point where you eventually have a boss fight against Ellie which I thought was kind of one of those watershed moments uh, for the franchise. Mitch, very clever. Yeah, can I, I was going to say, can I hop on that really quick? Because sure. I just want to yep. say that is one of the... So I talked about in Game Face, there was moments I didn't want to hit a button. This was a confrontation I didn't want to happen. I literally... The boss fight with I, Ellie? The boss, the boss fight with Ellie, because I had... I still... I, you know, with the plot device, I, I was resentful to, to warming up to Abby until I did warm up to her by the very end of the game. Um, but in the end, I still had my my allegiance to to Ellie, and so making that a boss fight, I actually really didn't want to do that. I was like, I don't want to fight her, I don't want to hurt her, and you have to. It's like just how the game works. But um, that was one of the moments I just did not want to do anything. I just didn't want that confrontation to happen. By that point, I I didn't like Ellie at all. <laughs> I she had become the villain long before that moment for me. I was fine with with doing that. My main problem with that fight is um, you have I have spent thirty hours hitting triangle to grab people I sneak <laughs> up on, and now you want me to hit tr- square instead? <laughs> Fuck you! That's funny. <laughs> Not to yeah, focus too hard on the gameplay, but come on. Yeah. Well, both but yeah, I, I was fine beating the shit out of Ellie after about five tries at that. That was I was like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna die now. I'm sorry. That was kind of cool to see her as a boss battle, though. Yeah. You know, like you're yeah. like, it was nice to see of like, oh yeah, this is like I would use this in this scenario. Like, oh, she's just gonna use her minds. Like, oh, I kind of know how that strategy would work. It was fun, I, it, fun it was to see fun. like kind of how scary it would be to actually have to fight her. 
Yeah, to fight you as, in a sense. She's basically as strong as you are when you play her. Yeah. So that was that was an interesting reversal there. I and like she's kind of psychotic through the whole thing too, which is Oh great. yeah. But again, she had become the villain by, at that point for me. So that was to me was perfect. I was like, "Oh yeah, exactly. Like she should be like intimidating me and trying to scare me throughout the course of the fight." Well, I think see I don't know if I I wouldn't go as black and white as villains or or heroes in this game because I don't think there really are any, but I would say that by the end of Abby's section you have probably come to the conclusion that Ellie is a worse person than Abby is. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I would say. Isn't that kind of the barometer that we're going by in this world? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think that I think that's fair to say, and I think that, that I don't think Mel's wrong when she says that uh, Abby is a, is a shit person and a, and has always been. But yeah. I think we see her turn a corner on that over the course of this those three days. And uh, and by the end of it, it's hard. Even if you still are on in Abby's corner, and I know some people who do remain in Abby's corner, or not Abby, or Ellie's corner, no matter what. Ellie, Abby, Mitch. Ellie, Abby. Didn't Mitch say that he still is in Ellie's corner? Well, I mean, yeah, at I mean, that I, moment, I still at that moment yeah. by the end of the game, I was, I was, I was wanting her to get. Uh, I was on wanting her to find forgiveness. I like, I wanted, to, I, I wanted her to find her closure by the end of the game. But at that moment, I just didn't want to fight her because I still cared about that character. May I may not agree with the decisions that Ellie made throughout that time, but I still cared about that person, and I didn't want that person to die. Yeah, so I don't but, you knew, she, but you knew she wasn't going to die. See, that's the no, other kind of issue think... with that plot device: is that you know that those stories at some point have to reconverge and you know the characters that are going to be in that scene so that they're, they're going to survive up into that point no matter what. Not always. I would say in, in this game to... specifically, I would say that, you know, this is more of Abby's game than Ellie's game. And so I was thinking like Abby would kill Ellie and that could happen. They killed Joel. I mean, But no, all... Mitch, they have to make it to that scene again. You have to make it back to that scene where it all stopped and then you start playing as Abby. All those characters have to make it back for that scene still. You know that. Yeah, but um, there's only one character, one character. that... Fit. Tommy, you know you're not going to kill Tommy in that sniper section. Um, but that's it, really. I guess I'm talking, in, I'm talking in regards to the confrontation with Ellie. Like, she could have killed Ellie. Like, that... that I, I wouldn't... I did not think in the cross my mind to not think that they wouldn't kill Ellie. But how because, could they, how could he kill her if she has to make be alive for the scene at the end? No, I'm talking after about the Abby. Scene. Oh, is that after? Yeah. It's after yeah. the, 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 after you, they you finally cut loop back around. That's to, right. That's you switch right. to Abby after she shoots Jesse and uh, is holding Tommy hostage. Right. That's uh, right. Okay. Yeah, and so, then it just so that, that battle sequence happens when you take over as Abby. So there, so I had a, I had a, I didn't want Ellie to die. Because yeah, I Ellie could could have been killed in that. There, there I, was, and that I would have been surprised definitely on by the that. table. And w- yeah, with that game, it's absolutely on the table. I would say mm-hmm. I didn't think necessarily because there's a lot more narrative work to do, like just yeah. in how storytelling works. But I mean, just the way that this game, I mean, Naughty Dog does this a lot anyway. But like this game in particular, like death in this game. It happens, it's over, that person is gone, and there's no drama to it, there's no, like, build-up, there's no, like, satisfying death scene, it's just, they're just gone. And, like, you know, they could have played it that way with Ellie and Abby if they wanted to, and they didn't, but, like, the risk, I I thought the the threat was still there. It it felt like this threat was still there, because I didn't really know what they were going to do. So, I give them credit for that. I also also think... um, I mean, no and, character's safe in this. I mean, at the no, end, it's just a bloodbath. No. Literally, everyone is killed in like 90 minutes of game time. And uh, it's, it's a little Shakespearean in, in places. 
Yeah, um, I mean, you can just go down the list. Like everybody just dies in like 90 minutes. And it's just so random. Like that's when they replay that scene and Jesse comes through the door and get just bam, gets shot in the head. Yep. Like, <laughs> I mean, I gotta say Jesse is the prime example of yeah. saying nothing is left like of like they died and that they have to move on. Like there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's no time to remorse for that person. She could say one word and say Jesse. And that's all she had to say in that moment to say remorse for what happened to him. Cause she didn't, she, there's, action happening like someone else's life is at risk right now so that it's one of those where it's just like death can happen at any moment yeah and like also like the recontextualization using the the non-chronological storytelling like it's not really a big deal when you kill the dog uh when you get in the aquarium as ellie but by the time you catch back up to that moment yeah or, or the moment after it and you find alice uh alice's body like it's a completely different thing like it's because a, they built the relationship right. between abby and the dog yeah, and everybody in the dog. Like it's it's yeah, yeah, and I like Owen a lot as a character too. Like like I liked Owen before I liked Abby, because um, Owen clearly wasn't in with this shit. Like Owen just wanted to well, go remember to his aquarium the, and get Joel away. When Joel is killed, he was kind he's the of the one who stops them. Yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. the 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 voice of reason in that whole scene. Um, how do you guys feel about so Abby lets them go the first time, and you know the old saying, um, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me." And then later on in the game, Abby has another opportunity to end Ellie's life and lets her go again. How do you guys feel about that? That to me, I I don't know. It didn't add up. I think it was a powerful moment. Like, you know, throughout that entire adventure, you were playing as Abby with Yara and Lev and kind of trying to find her route of saying of trying to get out of the rut she was in which was the darkness of the revenge and losing everything in that process and trying to say how do i move on from this and she kind of found something through lev and yara and even though yara died in the process um the moment i think it really was magically hit was when she held the blade to i think it was dina's throat and was mm-hmm. and and ellie said she's pregnant and she said the words good and you can see her face of like i'm pure revenge right now but it took lev to say um abby to say i'm not this person anymore i'm not that piece of shit that mel told me i was a while ago because i have found redemption through these people that i would never have thought i would ever find the light to and so i think it worked in that moment that you know if yeah, she i think, didn't I think that, that moment, moment is very earned yeah. no i think it is but i just think it's I don't know. It's just weird that they kind of went to the same plot device twice. And then for well, her to make the same decision twice after she got burned making that decision the first time. Yeah, well, that's what makes that decision hard. Like, you know, the, like that's why it's a significant moment is because the last time she did that, it came back to bite her. And now she does it again because she's changed over these three days. And it does come back to bite her again because Ellie goes yep. and finds her again. Like... The, but the trick is, like, in that world, it's pretty reasonable to assume that you're probably never going to see that person again. Um, and Ellie is just really, con- you know, contentious about things. Um, and, uh, you know, and, of course, from a larger narrative perspective, if she hadn't let Ellie go, she would have died in that, it, on that pole. Let's actually um, talk about Ellie. I feel like we're talking about Abby too much because one thing I would say is this does... I well, would Abby's be, the big surprise, so... Yeah, I would also say and the, that, and the one thing we really, really, really couldn't talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get why we talked about her first, and I do feel like perhaps if there is another game, it's probably going to be around her. I mean, 
she and Lev basically just took Joel and Ellie's place. I mean, yeah. now they've I got... I would absolutely play a game with her and Lev. Yeah, I, I would, would too. I'd be into that. They've got the grizzled veteran with the young preteen, mm-hmm. and she's the mentor, and now it's the whole cycle is just kind of repeating over again. But so anyway, let's, let's talk about Ellie, because Matt, you just mentioned her anger and her rage, and a big mm-hmm. part of the game... First of all, I do want to say that when Joel died, I was devastated, but I was very pleasantly surprised to see that it wasn't like he had died that you end up getting to like interact with him. Like, like the scene in the, uh, in the museum with the, mm-hmm. the spacecraft, that scene is just freaking amazing. I didn't want it to end because I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be the last time those two characters were together. You spent a lot more time with him. Um, yeah, the scene in the museum with the uh, with the dinosaurs and the space stuff is one of my favorite scenes in all of video games. It's amazing. It like, really is. Like it just, yeah, it's really heartrending. But anyway, you, Matt, what something that you said about Ellie kind of sparked me off in this direction to talk about her, and that is her rage and how just insane it is. And a lot of the game, like in the flashbacks, like it, it goes to show her relationship with Joel before he died, obviously. And, like, their relationship wasn't good. Like, she, I don't know. It, and I know part of it's probably she's trying to make up for the fact that they were on the outs when he died. I don't know if that, but do you, can you, is the anger rationalized? Because she goes crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it really is, it became kind of absurd to me. Like, it, towards the end of the game. I'm like, really? Like, you're that angry? You guys weren't even, like, that close anymore. And then they do use that scene at the very end where he's having the coffee, to try to show that she was trying to rebuild the bridge. How do you guys feel about all that? Um, I think that's the whole point. Like, that's uh, there's people that don't understand why she lets Abby go at the end, and they're not understanding what that scene is. Um, she's not consumed with rage because they killed Joel and that she lost her father figures. She's consumed with rage because she's angry at herself, because it took her so long to finally agree to start trying to forgive Joel, and she did it the night before he was killed. So the whole roaring rampage of revenge she goes on is not really to avenge Joel. It's to try to like take revenge on herself basically because she took so long to do that. And then it was taken away from her. She can never have that closure with him. And she could have, if she'd gotten over it faster, not that she should have because what he did was, was to take away her choice. And that was a terrible thing. But like, it's just that lesson of, you know, when she lets, when she lets Abby go, it's because she sees that flash of him on the porch in her memory and she kind of remember, you know, it drive. And also she's had her fingers bitten off Lord of the Rings reference. Um, and she, because of having lost those fingers, she loses her ability to play, play the guitar, which is her what biggest connection What a great scene that Joel. was when you pick up the guitar and, and you try to yeah. play it and it just sounds awful because she has, she's lost like, her fingers. That was the one, that was one she, of the she loses scenes everything that made me cry. From that. That. Like, really I, just, great. I couldn't, it, it was, it was so powerful. And to piggyback off Matt a little bit of, in a sense, you could also relate and say that, uh, she was angry at them because they took away that moment from her, that opportunity to forgive him. Hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, but she, I think she, she, she I mean, obviously you're mad at the guy who killed him, but like, yeah. I think she's mad at her. She, sure. It was never no, about I, Abby. It was always right. about her rage at herself and trying to direct it outwards. So she, cause she didn't know what else to do with it. And in the end, like I, in the, in game face, I, I made the note about how, when she plays like the music and plays the music on the guitar, like it's a really nice kind of narrative theme of, uh, these horrible people, these people who do these terrible things still can create these beautiful things, whether it be 
um, these mom the moments between Dina and, and Ellie or Ellie playing the music or Joel sculpting the horses you find in his, in his house when you, when you look through his house after he dies or, uh, or even uh, Jesse and Dina creating JJ, the baby. And by the end of this, because she gives into this rage at herself, because she doesn't think her life matters unless she sacrifices something, uh, unless she dies early, um, she loses all those beautiful things in her life. She loses the ability to make those songs. She loses the baby. She loses Dina. She loses that house, that home that they had dreamed of when they were walking through Seattle. And she leaves it all behind and walks off through a field to go God knows where. And like, that's why in the end, I think like the sparing of Abby uh, is like, is a great, is a great culmination of that whole theme. And also, um, it ties in with the fact that this is one of the few times, not just in games, but in storytelling in general, where an out of order, out of sequence storytelling is done correctly. Like if you told this story in sequence, it wouldn't have the narrative thrust and the thematic thrust that it does. Like, like the fact that you find out what happened the night before with her and Joel right at the end there, like yeah, how about that's, the fact that that's the, the knife twist. One of it's the really first scenes well they ever showed of this game was one of the last yeah. scenes in the actual yeah. game. I was I actually waiting. Thinking, I'm like, I guess it's not in. They're not going to. That's it what I thought. Yeah, I thought then, it was like one of those things where the trailer was just like, yeah. But I, I kept thinking that actually, even the gameplay segments they showed were like 20 hours into the game. Yeah, like, yeah. some it of the stuff they showed. They were you, you like, you remember the, the you remember that first the first not the first teaser with the guitar playing, but like the second thing they showed was Abby and Lev and Yara being yep. like dragged and and hung by the by the yeah. Seraphites. and they just and introduced like, them as the fuck are these people? Yeah, they just introduced them as like the factions. Yeah. Well, that's where you also meet two of the big characters that carry the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. they say, basically like such save a, her. Like, and... it's, it's a great example of how spoilers aren't spoilers unless you know the context. context. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's... Like, people didn't know that, like, parts of the end of the game were right under their nose yeah. all along. Well, and they also <laughs> did a good job of tricking people. And yeah. I'll, I'll get back to what we talked about, but uh, the, they did a good thing of tricking people because the moment when Jesse touches Ellie and says, you think you're going to do this on your own, actually, the trailer, that's Joel. So they purposely trick you. Um, yeah. in that trailer to say that Joel is still going to be alive. And so like, that's where the spoilers, um, I looked back to see what they were um, when they got released early. Um, oh, like wait, people... did you go back and look at the spoilers after yeah. you had finished the game? Yeah. You, to see what people had posted? Exactly. And so was I was it all accurate. Uh, the only thing was missing. They said that Abby was transgender and I think they were just making that assumption because she was buff the way she looks. Yeah. Yes. Um, but there was a transgender character and we'll probably get to that later um but i i it's they said that basically joel gets killed with a golf club by abby and you play as abby but it didn't say when and so i think the trailers kind of showed that you'd think that you'd be playing with joel and ellie for quite some time but little do you yeah. know you take control of abby really early and all of a sudden betray joel and you kind of feel like you betray joel as the player i think that's brilliant i was i felt bad because i was like why i just i led him to this area and i just killed him but um but the expectation get... of the of playing with Joel and Ellie is weird to me because I remember when they first premiered the teaser, everyone thought he Shane, was dead. And Shane and I even were like, "Yo, maybe he's dead. Maybe it's like his, his her his memory ghost. of him or like a ghost or something." Yep. Um, I, like I never really expected that they were going to repeat it and have you play Ellie and Joel again. Yeah, I wouldn't also, want that anyway. No, we yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't I don't think that so. was going to happen either. And no, I, I think just... this is just another example of like, um, okay, surprise me, surprise me, story. Oh wait, no, not like that. Like it, it, it's. <laughs> It feels yeah. like a like oh you you didn't really want it to take risks and do daring things you just wanted to like 
I don't know, have a twist ending somewhere in there somewhere. But it's, it, this is, I, I much prefer, I mean, obviously I like Joel. I, I love Troy Baker's performance as Joel, but we still got that peppered throughout the game. Like Shane said, yeah. like it wasn't the last we saw of him. He was still a significant yeah, presence. He took like a, a victory lap throughout yeah. the game. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I was happy about. Literally, like I thought that that scene, it had me all choked up. Cause I was like, this is it. This is our last moment with Joel or whatever. And then no, I was wrong. Um, yeah. Also, I should mention uh, in some interviews over the last week, uh, Neil Druckmann said that for the first half of the game's development, uh, Ellie killed Abby at the end of the game. And they said halfway through development, they said that they, they decided that it was not in Ellie's character to not have at least a ray of light. Um, and so they decided that she would let her go. So initially, she killed her, which I'm glad that they changed it because the game mm-hmm. is so bleak. It's like, <laughs> there are some too, moments. That's too levity, predictable. But, yeah. That's too easy. Well, yeah. and they also said in the development of it that they, like when they decided they weren't going to kill Abby, they ended up not showing that scene with, uh, with the flash of Joel on the porch. Mm. That it was just going to be her letting them go. And I think they said through playtesting, um, many people were confused and didn't understand of being like, you're just going to let her go? Like, what the hell happened? She's killed them? everything the yeah. whole time um, for the last And they three said days. the one flash was the thing that was going to make the difference. Yeah, um, I think that but, flash subsequently, and then you see where the flash comes from yeah. immediately after. I think that's very important. Very clever. Yeah. Uh, but to go back quickly to Shane, what you were saying about uh, Ellie's rage, you know, I think it's very surface level at the very beginning because you don't have the context of understanding of Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. are having a falling out right now. You don't have that context until later. I just, no I reason to assume that. And I just thought it became unrealistic after 30 hours. I, I was think just like, really? I've never on, seen someone so pissed off in my life. But I think as the story, as, as Matt has point out, pointed out in regards to telling the story uh, in not in chronological order is that those moments that they feed throughout it, you understand that there's much more complexity to where the frustration is coming from for Ellie and that it's more than just surface level rage. I think what um, I discovered with Ellie over time is that she, she is a teenager. And like, so when she finds out about the pregnancy, she's not like the grizzled, like zombie killer. She turns into like a 16 year old girl who just found out that her girlfriend got pregnant. Um, and that was one of the things that kind of struck me as her and on her character arc was she doesn't really grow up until like the last scene of the game. Like you never see any yeah. growth from her until that very moment. Well, I, I think, think that's intentional. I think that's intentional. And it's also symbolic in the sense that she thought she was going to sacrifice herself to make the vaccine. Yeah. And her whole thing is she's angry. It's why she, you know, that last scene with Joel, she, you, she's upset that like, he's asking about being with Dean and that Dean would be lucky to have her because she doesn't think she should be with anything or anyone because she thinks she should have, she should be dead. Like, like her she purpose, doesn't, she lost yeah. her purpose and she wants purpose in her life. And even though like, and that's why I think the powerful scene with, with Dina and the baby and the farm and the first time is so powerful because she has everything. She has everything she wants in her life that would make any person happy, but she can't be happy. Like she, she, it's because the, the thing that's still eating inside her won't let her be happy. And she still hasn't, she still doesn't know what her purpose is. She can't write music. Mm-hmm. Like you see in the diaries, she is writing lines about seeing Joel still being tortured instead of writing these beautiful lyrics that you can see in her diaries in the beginning of the game. So mm-hmm. you, you can still tell that internally she still hasn't found that purpose. And it isn't until she lets Abby go that she says, 
Now I need to find my purpose. And I think that's the symbolism of leaving the guitar, leaving everything behind to say, I need to take what I had, leave it, and now go find what's my new purpose in life because I, I need to move on. Although you better be keeping those cards in your backpack because I've spent a long time picking those up. <laughs> and Abby's coins, where did they yeah. go? Yeah. By the way, I would really like to play a, a, a Naughty Dog game that is like a superhero game set in the universe of those cards. That, that'd be cool. <laughs> those cards are pretty Some of the crazy. characters were pretty cool. Yeah, I some are like pretty some neat. Of the characters. Like I, I really yeah. like the, the space whale. Yeah. And all the fake punk rock bands in the game. Yeah. They just did a really good job just building the world in general. How did you guys feel about the, uh, the bizarre love triangle between Owen and Abby? And what's, the, what's Owen's Mel. girlfriend's name? Mel. Yeah. Well, what do you think about like, that? Well, First also, of all, I think oh, people were probably surprised to see Abby hook up with a guy, maybe? Uh, I was I mean, surprised. I wasn't, no, I wasn't. You weren't? You, if no. you could tell from the beginning she was in love with Owen from the start. So like, yeah, the very first scene you play as her as like they're playing with that a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, even, but she like, was like resistant though. He he was always the one trying to push the relationship, and she was always the one pushing him away. Yeah, but in and then first, finally in that scene, it just goes haywire. But in that has a relationship great before scene, that. But like the like you know they're together in that flashback to when she's very young, when she's young with her dad. And then um, the, like, the reason they break up is because uh, she can only focus on training and becoming a, a <laughs> super, super soldier so she can basically get revenge on Joel for killing right. her dad. Well, and she's he, similar to Ellie, like literally. Like, yeah. it's, it's exactly the same thing. She could have it all if she could move on, and she yeah. can't. So therefore she... Because like the wolves it, got a pretty good setup there. Like when you, when you walk through the whole stadium and like look around mm -hmm. like all the set, like that's a, that's considering the state of the world, like that's a pretty sweet gig life. they got there outside yeah. of being, you know, at war with a bunch yeah. of crazy Also people. like walking but, dead uh, trope number like 54C. It's like there was... Really, it's like they borrowed a lot of elements from The Walking Dead. I just think they've just got to a place where the post post apocalyptic zombie whatever there just aren't that many new ideas out there. It's I think that's more of window dressing, and it's more about the characters and what the story they're trying to tell. I, I don't think the, I'm sure they say that about The Walking Dead too, and there's yeah. a reason they've lost like eighty percent of their audience. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is a this is. I mean, Druckmann's got more storytelling talent in his little finger than anybody making yeah. The Walking Dead right now. And the I actually TV just... show is going to be good, I think, huh? Oh, The Last of Us show? Yeah. Oh, may... Yeah, probably. It's looking um, like it could be And then the... Good. I'm interested if they... I'm... If they're going to tell the story of, like, Joel and Ellie, like, from the... I wonder if they'll they'll modify anything knowing where they're going in this part of the story. He had yeah. talked about in interviews this week about a prequel as well like that goes mm. more into like how the outbreak started. So I don't know if he was like hinting at what the TV show is going to be. Cause he also said in that same interview that he hasn't even started even thinking about like the next game. Mm. Um, he doesn't know if he's going to start working on a new IP instead. So I mean, yeah. my guess for the next game would be like, you would focus on Lev and, and uh, Abby going to that, uh, the, yeah. the Catalina place. But then I feel like, one of the potential places uh, Ellie is going at the end is to find the fireflies again and see if they can kill her and make the vaccine. Um, yeah. so you might see her she, show up, but you might have a reunion. Right. Where yeah. she shows up and she's like, Hey, I know that I can help you guys. And maybe that's how you say goodbye to Ellie. And then that just sends yeah. the franchise off. On and then, to Abby or maybe you'll get your wish and that's, and then Abby and Ellie will hook up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll make a lot of people really happy. Uh, <laughs> uh how about like now that you've played the game and finished it, 
what about all kind of the the hype around all the leaks and maybe some of the like the review stuff that you saw before you actually played it? How do you guys feel about all that stuff now? I mean, uh, it hasn't changed too much. I mean, I didn't see the leaks, obviously. I, I didn't know anything about this game going into it, really, except for what, you know, obviously the preview material they officially released. I saw all that. That's the only thing I saw. Um, yeah, I guess now we can disclose what we knew before we played. Because uh, our our uh, users had specifically asked us to do that. And I was going to wait till mm-hmm. the end of the show, but now that you're bringing it up, we can talk about it now. So Matt, you're already, you can continue. Yeah, I only knew what, I, I watched the, tra- the trailers that had been officially released and that was it. Like I didn't know, any, I didn't seek stuff out. I didn't get spoiled on anything. I didn't care really. But like, cause one of the things I think is having looked at the spoilers and heard them from, from Mitch, like reading that list of spoilers that leaked and playing the game and like export experience. Like, that is a perfect example of what I always say that a, a story is more than its plot. Yep. Like the presentation of all those plot points is vastly more important than the plot points themselves. Oh yeah. Like yep. it's, it's, it, 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 it should be a good learning tool for anyone who did see all the spoilers and then played the game. Like, and I've seen a lot of people say I did see the spoilers, but then playing the game was a completely different experience. And like, it didn't ruin anything really other than making me mad when I saw the spoilers. My um, guess is the people who were angry over the spoilers, there's no changing their mind. Some of, yeah, some of them are, <laughs> are already just, irrational. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said, like, one of my friends did ask me, like, why is everyone... He finished it, and he's like, this was amazing. Why is everyone so mad about it? And I said, there's two groups of people who are mad about this. Number one, there's a bunch of straight white dudes who are upset that it didn't focus on them. Yeah. And two, it's a bunch of people that, like, like I said before, said, story surprised me. No, 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 not like that. Yeah. Um, so two different groups, I think, that are very. It, it, it's a, the reaction is actually relatively similar to the Last Jedi in that regard. Uh, there's people that are upset for like kind of like pseudo political reasons, and there's people that are upset because they weren't ready for this thing to challenge them in the way it did. Um, okay, uh, let's move to wrap it up. I have three questions I want to ask you guys before we get out of here, but I think each one of these is probably going to generate a good bit of discussion. So the first thing I want to ask you guys is. What was your favorite character in the game and why? Matt, you can start. Uh, my favorite character is still Ellie. Um, I, th- I really like just sort of her sense of humor. She is, I think she's very funny in a dark way. Uh, she reminds me of uh, one of my friends who is a uh, similar age and um, like reacts to things similarly, which I like. Uh, so I, was, I mean, she's also not as angry and murderous, but like it's still, <laughs> just still a parallel there. Um, and uh, like I, I, I identify with her, her with her rage about things she can't fix. Um, I think that's one of the things that I, makes her a really interesting and compelling character, if not necessarily someone you'd want to invite over. Um, is that like she does have those dimensions to her? She can be a monster, she can be a murderous creature, but she can play that guitar and she can be a good partner to Dina and she can carry that baby around the farm and and pet the lamb and herd the sheep and all that stuff. and like there's you know she feels like a complete she's domesticated <laughs> <laughs> and um i you know I, I i just and i also liked her in the first game uh you know i think she's and i i, I none, none of this game despite all the things she did and all the 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 revelations about how she behaved with joel and and kind of where she left it uh through no intention you know she didn't know he's going to die the next day but uh none of that like spoils ellie as uh, a companion compelling and interesting character that I would still play more about. Um, even I like uh, also got, thank God she had a switch played 
Like I really, like that was one of my main things. I, I, I came to like Abby plenty by the end of her gameplay segment. But when I got control of Ellie back, I was so happy to have that switchblade back. Like, yeah, how did it, that so anymore. weird to have a game where you play it halfway, you can assassinate pretty much any enemy. And then you switch to a character where you have to actually mm-hmm. craft everything to assassinate. I understand I know that's why. like a, that's a reference kind of, I'm like, yeah, it's how Joel plays. Like, Abby plays a little more like Joel than Ellie yeah. did. But Abby was like, more like melee, brawler all I'm saying, focused. Yeah, but and I'm all not. I'm saying is like, look, in this world, how does everyone not have a combat knife? Like, <laughs> well, especially her. There were lots like, of Abby, absurdities Abby like just that, like, though. they just hand out weapons on the way out. I'm just like, give me a knife, you fucks. <laughs> like, what the, like, that's the thing I will use the most. Like, yeah. come on. There's yeah, stuff, but I there's also stuff think, like that. Uh, but I also think Abby, like, they balance it out with Abby with giving her a lot more firepower. So, like, including the yeah. crossbow where the arrows are more retrievable. So those are kind of your shiv. Like is, yeah, I mean, I, I also did miss the. Uh, I also missed the when I did switch to Ellie. I did find myself missing the incendiary ammo for the shotgun. Oh yeah, oh, man, that's it's a, so that's much really fun. nice to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so really Mitch, nice. wait, we were getting off track. Mitch, what was your favorite character and why? Uh I well, I like them all so much. Uh, I I have to go with Abby. I, I think I think Abby, you know, through her through her her tribes and tribulations most, sure. she evolved the most yeah. and i think uh i was not expecting to like her you know it you know when they do that when they did the flip i was expecting to like i'm not going to like this person i'm determined not to like this person um but by the end of it i think the reason why it worked for me was because of it it was an interactive experience rather than just telling me the story about this person um and i think that's what makes this game overall just so powerful is mm-hmm. because it's an interactive experience that this story works better because of it and so uh like i think the moments of even like when abby was like looking at a ledge and it wasn't what it wasn't the sequence when she was going across the bridge uh and she was getting nervous but if you just look down on a ledge your controller shaked a little bit and you mm-hmm. could actually hear yeah. her heartbeat go up yep and, and so the lens just, le- the lens lengthens too yep, like yeah it, too. it does a little vertigo zoom so yep. it's so I think I just connected more because of those elements and, and like I used mm-hmm. to be a fear of heights and, and I, I just think they really fleshed her out to the point where, you know, I didn't want anything to happen to either character, Ellie or Abby. And I think that's, that says something. And that's, okay. I think that's also good. Like what Shane says about how Ellie has trouble changing and moving on and, and growing. Like one of the reasons Abby is able to win you over as a player and a viewer is because you have spent all this time with Ellie and she's not moving. She's struggling to be able to move on. That's the whole point of her section. And then Abby goes through a very kind of classic character arc uh, of changing and growing and becoming better. And like after hours of Ellie sort of like kind of languishing in the muck, that's a very satisfying thing to go through with that. Yeah, for sure. Which is another really smart narrative choice by Naughty Dog. And I think on top of that, it's that, you know, Abby is farther in than Ellie is in her recovery process. Yeah. Because she has actually gone through the killing of the murder of her father. Yeah. She took and her revenge. It didn't happen and it, a long time ago. Yeah. She took her revenge also, but also it didn't really fix anything. No, it didn't fix anything. I mean, actually the timing is kind of the same, right? Because it's like two Abby months later. Abby waited X number of uh, X amount of time to kill Joel. She waited then, about four years to kill Joel. Yeah, and then it, it took, took her four years. Yeah, and took then it took years. quite a while before Ellie was finally able to catch up with her. So the timing was kind of interesting. Again, yeah, so I think it was a two, the time she it finds two years her. after on the in the on the farm. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's about half uh, and the then, time. And then the travel to get to Santa Barbara. I mean, you're probably looking at like, probably close to three, three years, years at that yeah. point. 
Like, yep. so yeah, there is definitely a, uh, cause they said that she, uh, Abby had been captured months ago, three uh, months ago. Right. That's said. right. Yeah, yeah. By the, by the Rattlers. Yep. So, um, well, yeah. my favorite character is Joel. Um, <laughs> even in death. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I feel like he, next to Abby was the other character that grew the most during this game. Even though he's killed at the beginning, they show you that he grew before he was killed. He had kind of transformed from this gruff kind of, I don't know, it always felt like there was like a wall around him before. And that wall mm-hmm. kind of crumbled in this game and you kind of got to know him. Um, he learned to accept uh, her sexuality, which was kind of the, like at the beginning of the game, you start hearing him saying, oh, you know, he likes you. And, you know, she was kind of, she knew then that she was gay. And the one scene where she's like trying to basically beat around the bush and be like, well, I don't know, Joel, I probably wouldn't like that guy. Yeah, I mean, like, don't see, hold your breath. Yeah. And then to see him kind of accept it um, at, mm-hmm. at the same time where she accepts that she needs to forgive him as well. Um, like, as Matt said, the scene um, at the museum, one of the most amazing scenes I've ever, ever experienced in a video game. Seriously. Uh, just I also incredible. don't think, I think you're right in that the, uh, the old previous games, Joel, would not have accepted the idea that he took that decision away from her. No way. He, and I, he'd have fought it the whole way. Yeah, and absolutely. I think on top of that, to even piggyback on that even more, I think Joel would have not followed Abby to that house if he yeah. didn't let it. Because he, he and Tommy literally are saying, mm-hmm. like, ride back with us and fill up yeah. before you leave because they, he believes people are good again. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to have that barrier up to say, like these guys, I need to check them out to make sure that like who's bad, who's good. Yep. Um, he lets his guard down really easy. Like even like if you just play Abby, the first game, you can almost hear Tess yelling at him. Yeah, for yeah. Doing that. Well, that's well. <laughs> I right. mean, that's half of the like. There's a big complaint about that, and with people that are upset about mm-hmm. the story of being like, why did Joel let his guard down? It's because he spent four years. Yeah. Like been there with, four years. in society like, and learning uh, that he can let his guard down again. And you know, obviously, the one time he does. It bites him in the happens. butt, yeah. but mm-hmm. in the I end, I do appreciate that growth. Naughty Dog let us down easy. Like obviously, the the death is a shock, but like I said, I was like, <laughs> I was like traumatized when that happened. And I'm like, how does the rest of this game? Like, how is this going to go? Um, and then you know they kind of let you dovetail your way out of the relationship with Joel, um, but never let him go completely right down to the very last scene. You see a flash of his face. So I think Naughty Dog handled that character considering they kill him off in the first like act. uh, I think they handled that character very, very well. So he was my favorite. Also with Joel, sorry. Also with Joel, uh, they start the first scene is with the guitar that he makes for her. Mm -hmm. The last scene is with the guitar. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I also like the I also like the ma- the mirror of um one of the last things she says to him in this game is also okay. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end yeah. of the first, first game, game is the last, okay. last line. Yeah, and and this time she says it with a very different meaning. So yeah, for sure. I love bookends. <laughs> uh, there's just all kinds of really clever stuff like that in this game, callbacks and other things like that. Oh, mm-hmm. I sh- I also forgot to mention what I knew before I played the game. So I was 100% pure up until the week before the game came out and an episode of Pactor Factor went on YouTube that talked about the last of us part two leaks. And what happened was that we, we vet all the comments on YouTube before they go live for obvious reasons. And I was vetting comments. And one of the comments was they're angry because you play as Ellie and Joel's murderers. 
Oh, and murderers. So, okay. Yeah. Mm. They clearly had that a little wrong. <laughs> and I was very angry, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know if it's true. I hope it's not true. And then sure enough, it ended up that it was. So um, I tried to fight it when I first started playing the game, but obviously I realized very quickly that that was actually right. So some jerk uh, ruined it a bit for me. Literally, I made it a whole the whole time until the week before the game came out. Um, and that episode of Pactor Factor went up on YouTube and some jerk on there ruined it. So, Do you think it affected you in the sense of, I know you said you like it would have been perfect if it ended before you switched to Abby. Do you think that has a little bit to do with finding out that you switched to her? Uh, subconsciously, maybe it could be. Um, but I'll be honest, like I didn't believe it. Like I didn't know, like only in, after I started playing it, I remembered the comment then. Like I didn't kind of remember it when I was actually playing it at first. And then when the stuff started happening, I was like, oh, that little jerk. He actually <laughs> was telling the truth because a bunch of people tried to do it. There was like mm -hmm. five of them, but four of them were just obviously, they were just being like jerks and just making stuff up. And that one was like just straight into the point. And I was like, hmm, it like caught my eye. And so, yeah, it was kind of seated in the back of my mind somewhere. And it could have had an impact on it. Um, in hindsight, like, I, do, I obviously understand why they did it that way. But, you know, I think that was, for me, was almost like 20 hours. Um, maybe it took me a little longer to get to that point than other people. But I think I was around 20, maybe a little less at that yeah, point. Yeah, you guys took a lot longer on this game than I did. I took, I was like, at 21 hours, I was done. No, I was, no, I was definitely closer to like 30, 35. Like, yeah. Also, I, I mean, I compulsively have to look in every damn room but, yeah I, like, up I, until I, the I, last like, I, I think it was like there were a couple moments where i was like okay i can move on or one time i accidentally moved on without mm -hmm. wanting to because i yeah like, there's a lot of points in no return that are irritating yeah, but also like i just like i like to poke around on what's one of my favorite things in like kind of exploration games uh this is one of the one of the strongest things i think in like bethesda stuff too when they get it right is I just like the the environmental storytelling. I like going into the house and figuring out how the people in there died. Yeah, because like, all the notes, like, every yeah, room, what I see is every room of, tells a story. And like they all correspond, yeah. like it's very well done. It's cool. Yeah, yeah and every even room tells in this story. one, not so much in the first one, but in this one, even the, the supplies you find, you find them in places that make sense to find those things. Yep. I, yeah, I really like that. I was, you get I all really, the pills in the bathrooms. And, yeah, mm, like, I was really happy Scissors to in see drawers, the, alcohol um, in, in restaurants. It's I was really happy to solve a, a safe combination without actually reading the note that was telling me how to do it and it was the mm -hmm. one where it was the anniversary wow. and i think i think i just saw the calendar and just remembered in, in it offhand room. somehow well, well no i just saw the I, the safe is in the same room as the bedroom with the calendar and all of a sudden there's three dates circled was a doctor's appointment uh the day of the out day they're gonna leave uh mm -hmm. to like go get out of town because of the outbreak and then the other one was their anniversary and i was like oh you know what one of the number combinations is their anniversary and so like I had to do the math in my brain, but then once I went back and read the note, it told me what the anniversary date was, but I was like so happy I solved it myself. Um, I did forget to say, uh, I, uh, for what I knew prior to, um, I was similar to Matt. I literally only watched all the gameplay stuff. I didn't know any of the stuff. I looked at all at post, so. Okay, uh, next up, favorite weapon. Mitch, you start. Uh, I gotta go crossbow. I love that crossbow. It was just Why? sad. It was, you know, I, I just love bow and arrow. Like I shot bow and arrow as a kid constantly. So I always like the craftsmanship and the artistry of doing it itself. Um, but I, I choose the crossbow over the bow and arrow is because the crossbow was a little easier to claim your arrows back and it was extremely easier to aim with and a lot more, more accurate, satisfying. Yeah. 
Did and you I, ever get the uh, the really expensive scope? Did you ever? Did you upgrade it all the way? No, I couldn't. I didn't. Have I, could, I never did spring the for the scope on that thing. I, yeah, I what I did was for like my playthrough. Was I did you Matt? Yeah, yeah. For me, what I did with my playthrough was I took like each weapon and I kind of picked like what is what is the most best attribute about that weapon. So like shotgun, I'm like okay, increase power. Don't care about capacity. If I have a rifle, I'm going to care about accuracy. So I like picked a certain element in each one. So I had a wide range of weapons to pick from, and it kind of worked out really well for me that way. Matt, what's your favorite weapon? Um, the weapon I use the most is the pistol with silencer but i think okay. my favorite my favorite weapon i think is abby's rifle once i put the scope on it okay you mean like the the semi-automatic yeah the almost long, the long rifle, rifle that the she starts rifle? with nice yeah, oh the long she, rifle the, yeah. the, the, the rifle she starts with like the, out of the very, very i think that's basically the same standard rifle except yeah, it can do just, a three it can do a three rifle. shot burst, burst instead yeah. yeah i never i never upgraded to that i did the i didn't uh, do that either i didn't think it i did stability my my upgrade priorities was always stability stability first damage second and then scope and then i didn't care about capacity at all i always went with like ammo said. first cuz i was always counting bullets but my well, favorite capacity weapon, the capacity didn't enhance how many bullets you could carry just how many the clip could hold and i didn't have a reloading wasn't a problem for me i will say this i'm not saying i'd be better in this situation than either ellie or abby were but i guarantee you in that situation i'd find a way to carry more than 18 fucking rifle bullets <laughs> i mean there's all kinds of weird contrivances like that in this yeah. game like like yeah. most video games it's just i mean i know it'd be too game. easy if you did it that did it got me more ammo than that but it's just like at a certain point i'm just like just grab a handful and put them in the backpack like i don't it just it's, it, it got like only carrying like one one magazine and then a spare magazine seems like not too much when you're up against the hordes of the, the undead you think um, my favorite weapon is Ellie's long rifle because uh, it is just a death bringer. Literally, even after you've upgraded like two of its attributes, you shoot someone with it. Like you shoot someone in the arm, their arm falls off. You shoot someone in the leg, their leg explodes and like falls off. It's basically even at the beginning of the game, as long as you don't hit like their hand or their foot, it's like an instant kill. Cause if you hit their leg, it'll literally blow their leg off and they'll bleed to death. So it was just, I, again, I wish I had more bullets for that by the end of the game. They were very stingy with, get, with like expanding how many mm -hmm. bullets you could get for it. But man, like if I was ever in a bad situation and I'm like, oh crap, I'm running from like five guys. I'm like spinning around. I'm posting up behind cover. The first gun I'm pulling out is that long rifle because I, I know yeah. if I, I land see. one shot, if you hit him in the chest, it'll like just rip half of their chest off once it's all powered up. Like I loved it, man. The thing was yeah, I would say if there, there was an there Ellie weapon I'd pick, I would pick the long rifle. Absolutely. It just tore through. It was, it was great. It. It was it was I, barely used that, I barely used that gun. And it's funny because like, I think the damage upgrade for that is the last weapon upgrade I did in the entire game. Uh, like in Santa oh, Barbara. Man. And it then when I shot up. a couple guys, I was like, oh, look at that. It rips <laughs> limbs off when you upgrade that. I guess oh, but, you, know, you really get plus. to see some of the great gore in the game too, whenever you yeah, do so, that. Something for new game plus, I guess. That, yep, absolutely. All right, so we're going to round it out, uh, the show, with everyone's favorite moment from the game. It can be a gameplay scenario. It can be, be a cutscene. anything. Matt, start. Uh, definitely the museum. The museum, yeah. The museum with Joel and Ellie. Maybe, and if you want to get more specific, probably when uh, she comes out of the clearing and sees the dinosaur statue and goes, it is a dinosaur. Like, yeah, and then you can run up on the dinosaur and dive yeah. off of yeah, its head. Yeah, that's what I did. And, yeah, that, yeah. that whole scene, and you're like, you're jumping off, and you see him, like the parent down on the yeah, ground, like, like yeah, watching. <laughs> it's awesome. And it was just a, like that moment of like, did good, Joel. 
Yeah, like he, he nailed it again. Right, uh, something he you'd never think that he would do in the first game. Mm-hmm. Just another kind of window into uh, who he had ultimately become. Uh, Mitch, what about you? What was your favorite moment? Uh, mine would have to be the Abby Ellie fight. Like, which, I just which one? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I should clarify the first one. The okay. first one inside the boss, the, battle. The yeah. boss yeah. battle inside the theater. I think it was just you know what a way to like go through another character's shoes and then have to fight the one you care about. And like, you don't want to do that. And then I think also like understanding, you know, Ellie, so you kind of can understand her strategy was kind of clever too, of a way of not like saying, this is how you beat the boss battle is like, you should know because you played as her. And I think that's really clever as a game mechanic and a way to like, not spoil the beans of like how to beat a boss, but yet you know how to do it. Uh, my favorite moment was the boss fight in the arcade. Um, there weren't many boss fights in this game oh, that one, at okay. all. Oh, where you um, fall into the basement? Yeah, that's kind of the, the one when you yeah. get the And the boss just starts Ellie. smashing through the arcade machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that was like the most memorable gameplay section for me. And since you guys kind of picked story moments, I thought I would kind of bring up the one uh, moment of actual playing that really stuck with me. What about um, the mecha, mecha, I want to call it the mecha uh, un mecha fungi beast which is like the the hospital basement with the like four the patient zero basically. yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. like I, I, that I reminded that me of resident got evil. a little resident evilly yeah, yeah that, that was a little, resident evilly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the one i was cool like the, t- the t-virus the, i expected <laughs> leon yeah. to like bust in through the side door or something and like but the what? one thing i will say is did you guys so when you're running away from it uh the first time when you have to go through all the different doors and yeah, it's like a lot of the chase, chase sequences are really good well yeah. did you run into the moment where because i did where the, you could have taken a left and I didn't see it. And I went straight ahead for a door and it wouldn't open. And I, I freaked out for a second because the door wouldn't open because she does a sequence where she tries to open it. It just won't open. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she mm-hmm. turns around and I, you literally have to take that right as fast as possible. And if you don't do it soon enough, then the monster's going to get you. But yeah. I just got by and I was like, Oh my God, that was thrilling of like a lot of the chase to, sequences were good. Yeah. yeah was, I did. I think that's supposed the, to happen. That, that was kind of the, it was yeah that was kind of the most closest people thing I to talked to said they knew to game. take a left they they just didn't even go straight so I was no, I did I I had the same I had the thing with the door wouldn't open and but and then I'm like oh there's no way and then of course he he conveniently had taken a little longer yeah to get the, yeah down the hallway <laughs> so I could make it to the to turn yeah. back down <laughs> yeah they make him pause or whatever but he um, does grab you through the door I think at the at, when you go through that last door there yeah he does that's so, it's a good sequence it just. I don't know. Like, there's a moment there where I was just like, "This doesn't feel like this game, really." Right. It feels like it feels Resident Evil-y, but like, it's I mean, okay. the game is way hey, dialed like, back compared to like Uncharted. I mean, yeah. you think about some of the sequences in those games. There's really nothing. There are no real set piece moments in this game. There aren't really a lot of boss fights. It's just Not a kind ton. Of like it's like some like, horse riding stuff and some stuff the where Jesse, you're on the, on the, the Jesse driving sequence. The driving yeah. sequences. Yeah, it's just like also like you can't. Resources are so limited in this that you can't, you know, it's not, you can't yeah. do, really do what Uncharted does where like when a big sequence happens, like sometimes they'll just completely take ammo limits away from yep. Nate. Like it'll, yeah. it'll just, you can shoot forever kind of thing. Which they kind of did in that, in that boss battle because they had ammo everywhere. Like they yeah, had, they did, they did let, ammo give you, and health to they give you the resources to deal with it. Yeah. And um, I think, I think the one thing is, good. I think in the context of the, in the world, it kind of made a little bit of sense of saying like these were there for that long that they kind of fungi mm-hmm. together that I, it seemed within the reason of this would make sense yeah it does make me wonder like i feel like um if you were to do another game you could explore 
you could do another time jump so that Lev is closer to like 20 or so. And um, I would be interesting to me to explore the idea that like worse stuff happens the longer you let that fungus grow. And like, maybe not everything becomes a giant monster like that thing, but like, they, you, maybe you know, they find an area that's just been untouched and it's grown for like 10 or 15 yeah. years. There's a creature that's like the size of a building or something. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Because like the thing you have to also have to remember, this is, you're going to get into a little biology here, but um, you know, I, I had some friends that took AP bio and, and biochem and stuff. And like, like one, one met a professor and you see this professor, there's this quote that's similar to this that like floats around as the meme or whatever. But it's basically like, there's one professor who was like, I don't, we don't know what fungus is. Like, it's not alive, it's not a plant, it's not an right. animal, it's something else. <laughs> what is it? We don't know what it is. Do not ask me to explain mushrooms to you. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell we share the world. Alien planet. life form. And like, yeah. you, you know, they can, they can be beneficial, they can be delicious, they can kill you in seconds. There's, yeah, they can be the size so small you can't see them. They, there's a, a mushroom, you know, a fungus might be the, the largest living thing on the planet, like a giant colony that takes up you know, square miles. And like, they're very weird. And of course the cordyceps fungus that, exi- that is the thing that causes this plague is real. It's a real thing that takes over the brains of ants and makes them climb a stalk of grass or whatever and hold on <laughs> to the end of it. And then it busts out of their head, just like in, just like in the game <laughs> and sprays its spores out. That's how it, it, it proliferates. Colonies. It can, yeah. it can the only thing that colonies. Naughty Dog did was make it infect us. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. so there's, and that's also why it looks, I was, I was saying this uh, last night to one of my friends, like, I don't get grossed out by stuff in games, much like the gore in this game doesn't bother me, really. Um, or no game really bothers me. I've seen too many already, like, horrible movies for that. <laughs> but, like, the thing that bugs, bothers, not bugs me, it bothers me, like, physically in both Last of Us games is the way they render, like, the big chunks of fungus that grow on the wall. Yeah. Like, the big, yeah. the big slabs of it like the slices yeah. of it they come up like I can, I can look at that and I can just I know what it would feel like to yeah, touch it and it grosses it. you out yeah. I just hate it and it's like such a testament to how good those graphic yeah. artists and those texture yep. work is like they, they just nail it every time like it's really I mean I'm grossed out in a way that makes me admire Naughty Dog I should be clear but like yeah. I yeah, wouldn't yeah. want them to, I wouldn't want them to change it but like it is no. really gross so sequels guys to close out the, the show should there be a sequel um, and if there is, what should happen? I'll, I'll just start by saying, I don't know that there should be a sequel. Um, all the characters that I cared about are dead. Ellie might as well be dead. So I don't know. I feel like they may have just capped it perfectly. So maybe I would say if they're going to do another game, a prequel might be something I'd be more interested in. What about you, Matt? I don't think it needs one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they did a damn gonna... good job of closing yeah. it out. I think we're going to get one because this Money. thing is selling through the Cha-ching. damn roof. Yep. But like if they did another one, I would like to see it focus on Abby and Lev and um, and like kind of what the Fireflies have become and maybe have Ab- uh, Ellie as more like a cameo appearance or even a, you know what, a, a premise you could use for that would be like Abby and Lev reach that Catalina place and at some point they find out that she knows the immune girl. And they're like, well, you got to find her. Yeah. And she's like, I don't ever want to see her again. <laughs> but yeah. like that becomes sort of the question, like going out in the world to find, like w- figure out where Abby w- or Ellie went. And like, you could kind of just sort of follow her trail of destruction. Like, like you will know Ellie by the trail of dead <laughs> as, like, as you work your way through the Southwest or something. I could be, yeah. get behind that. Okay. What about you, Mitch? Uh, 
I'm kind of similar with you guys. I don't want one. I mean, Matt, to piggyback off yours because it sounds really nice, would it would be <laughs> interesting if Ellie had a family and like would finally move on and then be like, she'd have a dilemma to decide whether she would like to keep her purpose of humanity of like the way she's live her life mm-hmm. or sacrifice it for everyone else. I right. think that would be an interesting play uh, for Ellie as a character. But anyways, uh, that could also actually tie in with, uh, sorry, they could tie in with what I said about the, 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 vi- the, the fungus getting worse as time goes on or like finding oh, some horror. Yeah. Like something happens to it that makes it worse or mutates it to be worse. And like the vaccine becomes even more important than it was. Like we need to do this or we are not going to live another five years as a species. And of course, like you say, Ellie has found equilibrium somewhere and now you have to convince her to make that sacrifice again. To stop like doing yeah, yoga I mean, and die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, will, I don't, I don't want a sequel. I really don't. I really think this is a book-ended story between part one and part two. Even though I thought part one was pretty good as it's a standalone self and I didn't really think it needed a sequel. Um, but I mean, if they make one, I kind of have faith in regards yeah, to the storytelling yeah, sure. from this yeah. team because, again, how could you I, not? <laughs> this this thing is remarkable yeah, in so many ways that I just I can't even. I I would love to see them tackle a new IP because I think there are a lot more interesting mm-hmm. stories they could tell with a fresh slate. I mean, um, I think they will. I don't want to. I, I, I do, don't want to come back to this world for another seven years. I'm good. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I they would like do to see this be else in between, kind of like they, they did Uncharted. Like they did Uncharted. I don't think we will see this. any more Uncharted games. I think they will do something new next. But I do think that this is a good series. If they insist on continuing, I bet Sony will strongly suggest they continue it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see it kind of continue this tradition of being sort of the swan song of the PlayStation it's on. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the first one was like that. This one's like, it's kind of that thing. It's like, we're going to take everything we've learned about this system. Well, they better start working on it now. Out with a bang. <laughs> they better yeah. start working on it today. Well, they kind of want to get it done in time. Well, they kind of take are. what they learned yeah. from the previous game and kind of throw it in there because they did the same thing with mm-hmm. the rope for this one with Uncharted. Yeah, it was the big thing true. was the rope. So it seems like over. they, t- which they is hardly even used in this, by the way. Which it I seem like you it was going to be such a big like, thing. Did you guys ever have a thing where like, like there's a couple of like puzzles to get into like a room that's locked or whatever that I did where I use like a rope to do like an elaborate swing yeah. thing. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. And then like after I finish it, I realized that there was just like a platform. A like, really I simple up way on. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. I, I liked I liked the rope. I think it was clever. But I, I mean, no, it is. They just kudos yeah. for it being uh, yeah. versatile enough to actually let me like yeah. solve things solve the wrong things. way. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. all no, the puzzle elements really would just show up. And then they'd be there for like 30 or 40 minutes and then you'd never see him again. Like the trip wires, mm-hmm. which I hated, but then they disappeared and never came back. Like I did that with like, the, you know, you know like the first time you see them, like Dennis is like, you got to be careful in the tall grass. You can barely see him. I immediately <laughs> turned left and exploded. <laughs> Me too. Same thing <laughs> I, did, I did as well. Perfect timing. Um, I think they maybe set it up that way actually. But, uh, but anyway, I, I think the game overall like did a good job of like introducing new elements, but not always having them stay there forever. So it's not yeah. like if you didn't like it, it wasn't well, that you had other to deal than with the grind the of the constant murdering. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, the, 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 the enemies never changed, but I think new yeah. elements like the trip wires, the rope is something yeah. that they always, mixed they, it up at least. they mixed it up to be able to like make it yep. fresh for you as gameplay. Yep. So there you go. That's the last of us part two An absolutely amazing, incredible game that I wish was maybe about 10 hours shorter, but I still love the heck out of it. And I'm sure you guys did too, or you would not be listening to this episode of spoiled right now. So thanks for joining us. Uh, This was actually the first time we've done a video game 
for spoiled. <laughs> uh, all we've done are movies and TV shows so far. It's well, been not, funny. Not a lot has come out that would warrant a spoil. Yep, but really. my guess is we'll be having a lot more of these as the year wears on and all the big games for Q4 keep coming out. So I'm Shane Satterfield. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. You can find Matt Kyle at M Kyle, M K E I L. And you can find Mitch at Mitch Sikor, S I K O R. You can find Sifted at Sifted Games on Twitter. And if you like what you're listening to and you're out there in internet land listening to the audio version on some podcast app, head on over to patreon.com slash sifted and kick us a couple bucks. We have a bunch of other content that we do as well, and you might want to check it out if you like it. So on behalf of my boys, I had a lot of fun talking to you guys about The Last of Us Part 2, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.